I don't see how anyone in the old system is going to come in with their old ideas and regulate this. I just the only thing you can do is ruin your chance for your country to be a part of this revolution. That's really cool, but it's still a swap. And you still need $10 million of trade swaps. And I think you're going to see that enforced. I think that, let me put it this way. I think that you have to at least, as you go about your business, um, take into account that there is a risk that if you don't have $10 million, you just need to take into account that your activity may be prohibited at some point. That's all. You may find yourself in another part of the world, living in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, how do I work this? This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. Welcome to the Foot Guns Podcast. It is 629 today. Boomer and Hal 69K are going to walk through swap contracts, regulations that exist in them today, and how those regulations might be applied to cryptocurrencies in the near future. If you're a swap dealer, you, you're regulated. And I'm not, it's entirely unclear to me how or why that Uniswap, Uniswap really just, they just invited, they really invited themselves to be designated or potentially be designated as a swap dealer by calling themselves Uniswap. Yeah. If they were right. just like, you know, UniChange or something and else. An automated, automated market maker. Yeah. If they would have said, if they, you know, it's going to be very hard in court, which is what's going to happen. I can lay it out the way this is going to happen. If there is a, because swap dealers have to have, uh, or you have to have $10 million to participate in swaps, they're institutional things. Um, and, you know, this the, the chairman of the current chairman of the, CFTC noted that recently. And so it's going to be very, what's going to happen is if there is an attempt to. Dude, can we pause this? <laughs> Bitcoin just went from 32 to 34.2 in the it's last. Sunday. It's Sunday. In the last like 12 seconds. It's Sunday. Okay, you can cut that. All right, sorry. I just like, somebody, somebody just like private messaged me and said, because uh, like earlier today I was like, um, place your bets. 31.8 or 34.2 and we we literally just hit hit the dude I t- remember I linked you that triangle last night drew another one yep. today we just we just hit the perfect like so this is kind of what you were saying is like when TA works in Bitcoin it works and then I mean maybe we don't need to cut this um, and then when it doesn't work in Bitcoin that's when you should get a little bit scary and so yeah or scared or, or and what I mean by scared is like uh, you should get flat uh, not scared like uh, fearful. You should just like it's just not working right and so all of a sudden we're getting all these ta prints that are just like working 
in like a really perfect way one after another. So yeah, I mean, it just, uh, just, an, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying like go out and buy or whatever. I'm just, it, it's an observation. Yeah. So I think with the vector regulation stuff, okay, first of all, I, I would start, here's where I'd start. I, one, it's, it's time for the narrative, seriously, to end about Bitcoin as being a good money laundering tool. Here's why. It's, it's probably, if, if you had to design a something that was good for money laundering, it would be exactly not what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is a public thing. You can go in and see, you know, there's a public facing nature to all this, right? We know the size of wallets and all that kind of stuff. You have a private key and a public key. Here's what money laundering is. It's taking illicit proceeds from illicit activities. Let's just pick one. Drugs. So you made a bunch of money selling cocaine. Well, you probably watched the show Ozark, which is pretty far-fetched that a Colombian gang would like to go to a small town <laughs> near a lake in Ozark and water the money. But the principle is there, which is you fake invoices, you fake economic activity, so you have a legit business and you're taking the money and laundering, that's where the term comes from, you're cleaning it. You're taking the illicit money and you're cleaning it. Bitcoin doesn't clean anything. It just stores value. And so, uh, yeah, your private key is your private key and that's really good for you. But whoever these cyber criminals were who used Bitcoin as a payment, that's the dumbest thing I've ever, I've ever heard of. So this, you're not going to see the because it, here's 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 a really key point you know i didn't know this till last night or two days ago so our the current chairman of the sec is a guy named gary gensler he's a good guy he's very well respected among market participants yeah he was a partner at goldman sachs and for people who are like that's always bad okay whatever but um he's very sharp and he gave he not only he not only he gave a a lecture on Bitcoin in like 14 parts. You can watch it on YouTube at MIT. So he absolutely understands blockchain. So this idea that, you know, the government's always sort of bad, bad government trying to try, trying to ruin the party. I mean, he came out of the, this, he was the CFTC guy uh, for Obama and he did a hell of a job. Um, and every futures trader likes Gary Gensler because he's, he's very good at balancing the needs of the market versus the needs of the consumers. And you didn't have a type of, you know, terrible futures disaster uh, under his leadership. Anyway, he fundamentally understands all this. And so you haven't heard him talking about Bitcoin being used for illicit activities because he knows it's the worst possible place. Now, some privacy coins, we could talk about that, but... Um, so Bitcoin is money laundering. It's just not the reason why it's going to draw regulatory scrutiny, period. End of story. Where it, where it, where it starts to get um, hazy is, is the same. It's, it's, it's who is allowed to, who is allowed to, if you're creating a thing and you're calling it a swap and the current regulations, whether you like them or not, you can go to your congressman and try to get them changed. But the current regulations say that swap dealers are regulated. They have to report. Um, it's released every Thursday. It's the preceding uh, week's report on the commodity futures. You can go type it in, do CFTC commitment of traders report. You can see where swap dealers are, whether they're long, short, or spreading. 
across just about every type of commodity future you can. So there's a they can take a look into the market and see where the risk is. And yeah, so you, I, I mean, I would say in in that sense, um, then you know, Uniswap and SushiSwap are going to have a huge argument in court because. Um, you can see it all the Ethereum addresses and you can see the behavior and what they're doing and how they're providing liquidity. Um, you know, you can watch them balance their liquidity pools. You know, the, 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 you know, the funny part about like this thing being automatic market making or whatever is the people that are providing liquidity are not trying to lose uh, money. Right. And so they're, they're going to be like auto adjusting uh, the amount of liquidity they have in the pool and swapping in and out. Uh, based on you know prices going up and down, if they have uh, a large stake in the pool. Um, but my yeah. point is that that person uh, had to get them into that crypto from somewhere. They most likely did KYC through an exchange, um, and so you you know there's certainly bad actors. Um, but I think if, if, if visibility on the, into the markets is what um, regulators want, then this is just going to be a huge win. It's, it's not about what regulators want. It's, it's what the current law says. I think that's an important distinction because when these, when these articles get written about regulation, uh, the DeFi folks, Bitcoin Maxis, all of them, right, you know, people who differ. I mean, the Bitcoin Maxis and DeFi people are totally different stripes of people. I mean, you can have some coexistence in the Venn diagram, but where they all just go apeshit crazy is the idea of government regulation. And so at the maximum, Uniswap is going to have to do a commitment of traders report where they're just going to have to submit as of every Thursday what they're what they're net long or short. Now, that's going to be hard because they're not taking positions, but that's probably coming and it's going to put an increase. Somebody's going to have to pay for that. And so that's one area of regulation. And yeah, really interesting um, question, because, again, if you go into Uniswap right now, uh, you can just look up analytics and you can look at every single pool that's available, the, the volume right. of every single that, pool, so, every single swap that's going on in every single pool. And then that's great, but it's not put on you know the government's website. Right, right. Well, what I'm saying though is that if someone is coming to them and saying, um, hey, you need to provide us with this information, uh, you know, it's a, it's like an exporting an Excel file for them. You know, it's not like right. They, that's right. That's all. That's all. That's what I'm trying to tell you is that that's why I when when everybody gets so defensive about regulation, just chill out. Like it's just not that big a deal. It's going to result in some level of increased costs that will get passed on to the user. That's what always happens. But it's not like. There's nobody out there who's like, okay, we're going to shut down crypto. This just people just bring all these charged stuff going on. It's like no, but there is a real problem with the whole swap thing, and that is that you know the, the current head of the CFTC is noting current existing law. Again, you can argue the law is bad. You can go to your congressman and try to get a change. You can run for Congress and introduce a bill, whatever. But the current law says that in order to participate in swaps, to participate in swaps in the United States, you must have a minimum of $10 million. That's just a thing. And so uh, if you're if you're doing that on Uniswap and you don't have $10 million, then that's a problem. Well, can you can you do one thing? Can you clarify when you talk about swaps, what sure. what you mean? 
it's a way to hedge. That's why the reason why people, you have to have $10 million to do swaps. A public policy reason is because these are sophisticated uh, instruments that if you don't, they're illiquid. So when I enter a swap agreement, um, you know, this is the majority of what investment bank trading is, is swap agreements. They're these, they're contracts. They're like long written contracts. And uh, you hedge out interest rate risk and you lock in a certain thing. So there are there, there are type of options is one way to think about it. Yeah. See, I think that this is the big difference between what you're talking about and a swap on the blockchain is that there's a um, there's a finality on the blockchain um, because, time, you know, time time works differently. And then also um, just like the assets that we're swapping, right, are on the blockchain. So in, in the swaps that you're talking about, you're taking a, you're taking two physical like physical things, or even like uh, two intangible things, or one tangible, intangible, whatever. The point is that the the things that you're swapping are not necessarily living in the same physical space. Where on the blockchain, you can think about these assets as all encompassing the same like physical universe. So when you're when I like when I go to Uniswap and I give you my Bitcoin and you give me Ethereum or something like that, um, there's a fi- there's a finality right there. Like in the moment the swap happens, it's over. Um, you'll that's never true. get that's, that's true. Yeah. Normal swaps. That's true. Okay. So yeah. So I, I'm just saying. Like the point is that um, Uniswap is has literally like written the software, and the software is just self executing on top of Ethereum. So, uh, you know, it's like the damage has been done. There's no longer any uh, handholding that Uniswap is doing. Uh, the smart contracts have just been created, put onto the blockchain, and then all of the users um, are the ones dr- like running the show. Right. It was exactly what you're not allowed to do under the law. Right, right. And then, so my point is just that when you come in to regulate you it it just it just appears that like the regulation is hard to enforce because there's there's not it's hard to point a finger a finger at someone so you could go in and you could throw someone in jail and say hey you are a bad person for writing software or something this this is kind of what i'm talking about okay first of all so if there is any enforcement action that's going to be taking place okay it's going to be on a civil basis no one right. is going to jail, okay? Right. Unless they're committing f- actual criminal fraud, which is very, 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 very rare. The question is, is uh, you know, they are traded over the counter, so they're off exchange. So swaps are basically decentralized finance. That's why they require you to have a minimum balance of $10 million. It's the same right. way you have to have a minimum balance of $25 million to trade credit default swaps because they're so illiquid. And they're they're between two two parties. You're you're entering into a private contract off exchange. Is one way to think about it. And I understand what you're saying, which is that that you're not really entering in a private contract because it takes all takes place all within the existence of the blockchain. Yeah, but and the and the, I, I see what you're saying, but I just think is, I, I the swap is is settled instantly with finality. Right. And every person. Right. It's a publicly right. Publicly, uh, whatever, agreed upon chain that's globally uh, backed by all these computing systems. So there's like a f- 
finality that's created across the entire planet in that moment of time that says that you gave me Bitcoin and I gave you Ethereum and it's your problem now or whatever. That's really cool, but it's still swap and you still need $10 million to trade swaps. And I think you're going to see that enforced. I think that, let me put it this way. I think that you have to at least, as you go about your business, um, take into account that there is a risk that if you don't have $10 million, if you're, if your sole method of making money is trading swaps in, in crypto, you and you don't have $10 million, you just need to take into account that your activity may be prohibited at some point. That's all. And again, I just think that the only way to prohibit would be to like shut the doors, meaning, uh, you know, basically you have to call me like a money launderer or something like that for, I, I bought um, $1,000 of USDC on Coinbase. I took it to SushiSwap. I made, I turned it into 10 grand by, you know, buying Bitcoin with it and then trading it back into USDC and then coming to Coinbase and being like, cool, now I want to uh, give this to you, Coinbase, for US dollars. And, and then I'm going to like, you know, go buy something with it. Yeah. So it's not, it's not again, it's, it has nothing to do with money laundering. It's just definitional. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, what I'm just trying to say is like, I just, I hear you. And what I'm pushing back on is like, how do you actually enforce that? It's simple. Uh, it's the way they enforce it in a normal swap market, which is if, if you have to have, you have to prove to the government, to engage in swaps, you have to prove to the government that you have $10 million. And you, if you're a swap dealer, you have to register. Right. And so what I'm saying is there's no... There's no swap um, uh, dealer in this situation, and then there's no there's no way to stop the swap trader or whatever. Yeah, there is. Or you can just um, freeze their account balances. Right, right. So what I'm saying is like you can uh, again. You're coming back to what, what I said, which is you can you can stop the you can close the entrances and the exits but you can't stop the behavior in the middle. And so if the U.S. government were to say, you're not allowed to use SushiSwap, then I can just move to El Salvador. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're, yeah, you could. You could almost leave the country. But uh, that's not practical for most people who are engaged in smart contract trading. Right. But, but say I'm making 200% per year trading on SushiSwap. I have a huge incentive to leave the country. I mean, it, I, I guess I, I, I think I think it's I think it's uh, you know so so sushi swap would come under the def it's definitional here again about swap it's not what I think it should be what it whatever it is but it's definitional and it's just saying that if you are uh, you're defined as you, you, there's four criteria and the easiest one to sort of wrap that around is if you're engaged in any activity causing the entity to be commonly known in the trade as a dealer or market maker in swaps. So if you call yourself Uniswap, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, might, they, might have, they might have thought about that sort of before they did it. But okay, a couple things. One, if this does get enforced, 
then there's going to be a challenge to it. And so cryptocurrency people have gone and they've they've hired sort of a trade association person. The head of a trade association is a little obvious, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so the first court action, say it gets filed tomorrow, an enforcement of existing swap law. We're not talking about creating new law. We're not talking about anything, but there's an enforcement that takes place. And keep in mind, you've got the CFTC, but you've also got this government adjacent thing called the National Futures Association. So you've got this different regular, it's like FINRA. You've got the SEC, but you've got FINRA. It's this quasi-governmental regulatory thing that's just too long to sort of explain here. But um, I I think that, uh, uh, you know, for this to wind its way through the courts, there will be tons and tons of people in DeFi who donate to GoFundMes or whatever. And they'll get good yeah. lawyers. And it'll probably be two years before you get a final action. And because this is such a, uh, a hot button thing, right? It's going to go all the way to Supreme Court. So you're looking at like two, maybe three years before you get a ruling on this. If, 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 if they try to enforce it tomorrow, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to try and enforce it tomorrow. Yeah. That's totally different. What I'm saying is, is that if you are, are buying and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I go to say Ave, Ave is the biggest, in in my mind, the biggest risk. It's just a blatant swap dealer. It just is just that's what it does. And so I have a question for you on that. So Ave, I call up their website, right? Um, and um, I go to their website, and um, you know it's open source D five protocol they're big on advertising their liquidity protocol i'm sorry liquidity (laughs) permanently changed my fucking (laughs) pattern of speech so if you go in the liquidity protocol they're very big on advertising this they have 16.5 billion dollars you can watch it sort of go up and down and that's sort of signaling to you hey there's a big pile of money somewhere Right. They're saying, you know, we're not just some fucking startup or whatever. Right. So if I want to go and I want to. um, I've got own Bitcoin. Right. And I need to connect my wallet to go on there. Um, And I do a deposit and there's literally a button you can press on here called swap. So there again, it's going to be hard for Ave to stand up in court and say, we don't do swaps, but um, I don't have a connected wallet. Do you have a connected wallet to Ave? Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's the only question I'm going for is, is, is when you do, when you, when you go to Ave's site, do you ever have to use their, their currency? No. Okay, so this is this is the only action that I think that anyone should take with this with this regulatory potential enforcement, right? Is that Ave as it exists, as you can interact with it, if you don't need the coin. And if it does get regulated as a swap dealer, the, the, the price of Ave coin is not going to be very good. 
if all of a sudden you need $10 million to trade on Aave, it's going to go down by a lot. It really is. I mean, you can say I can move to El Salvador, but that's not realistic for most people. So I, I just think that if you're, if you're, if you're trading crypto and you've got some long-term holds or whatever, just don't make it 70% Aave. That's all I'm trying to drive at here. Yeah. Again, I just, uh, you know, and I'm pushing back because I think that this is a really interesting conversation because I think there's just like a clear disconnect between um, you are coming at this from like the physical world. And I'm like, I've, uh like fully immerse myself in like the new time of the blockchain where all you know everything's final and happens instantaneously and everyone on the globe can agree in in this moment of time uh what has happened and there's no uh question about it um ave does not ave.com can disappear completely and ave exists without it it's like um it's like trying to shut down the pirate bay um the software has been written it works, and anybody that wants to can keep it going. It, I, so, you know, I have about a hundred grand deposited in Ave, and I have no worry of uh, regulation or the website oh, shut down. Wait, wait. Yeah, no, I, can, I don't either. I, yeah, wait, yeah, so I don't I can, either. But let me just explain. So, I can go to um, it. Well, I can literally go and I can write code uh, in in the uh, the Ethereum programming language, and I can get my money out and put it back into my wallet and I can do whatever I want with it and take loans out and all these sort of things. So all of that infrastructure exists outside of the control of, of uh, Ave essentially. Oh, I, I, I'm not disagreeing you at all. I, I, I don't, I think everything you just said is true. Right. So for me, if there was a news event that Ave has been regulated and the token price crashed, like for me, I would just buy the shit out of it. Okay. You know, but if I'm just, again, my net conclusion here was when you, when you're, when you're trading some of these swap coins, if you're not factoring into an end user, again, it's not, nobody's talking about banning it or it's just like we're talking about Pirate Bay. It just moves around. Um, but, uh, it, well, I do. Okay, so I mean, you were talking about how uh, like the government doesn't step in and do anything until like someone gets hurt, right? Well, in, I, in my opinion, the person that's that's tr- going to get hurt here is the people that you're talking about, the people who are licensed market makers, because now we have a piece of software that'll do their job for them. Well, but it won't for regulated securities, right? So you can do all this cool stuff with Aave in terms of crypto, but you cannot post collateral that's like Tesla stock. You can't do margin. Yeah, you can. There's a, there's a, um, uh, there's, there's, well, <laughs> there's a website called cream, right? It's called, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, an acronym. Uh, my, one of my favorite, like, yeah, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm dropping this, this early, uh, cause we've gotten really deep into this conversation, but it's called crypto. It, like, it stands for crypto rules, everything around me. And you can right. from the Wu Tang song, yeah, yeah. So you can literally go onto like Sushi Swap with Bitcoin and Ethereum, deposit your Bitcoin and Ethereum into one of these automatic market making pools, then take the token you get back from them, which represents the value in that pool, go on to Cream with that token and borrow, I don't know, let's say like ave and sushi and then like go on to sushi and provide liquidity with ave and sushi <laughs> like like the uh, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're talking about but but you you can't 
you can't post collateral like a car. Yeah, well, well, okay. So, 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 someone has made a. Uh, there's this thing called Mir, M I R, uh, Mir Finance or whatever, and they have created um, using again. This is why I'm like I'm long Chainlink using Chainlink oracles, which report the price of Tesla. They've created a synthetic Tesla. So that's not, that's gonna that's not going. I can tell you right now, that's not going to last for very long. If yeah. if if and i'll tell you why it's something we talked about i mentioned this like a month ago on another podcast with you is that boffin the german regulator which does a great it's like a well-funded sec uh except when it comes to uh deutsche bank uh laundering money for russian oligarchs but they're very good with enforcement and they've already raised objection to coins that mimic stock prices yeah also also what's the again again my Again, my point is just how do you shut it down? So um, yeah, that, that's easy to me. You create an Ethereum smart contract that uses a chain link Oracle to get the price of Tesla, right? And then so you go, oh, uh, you're not allowed to trade this coin anymore. Uh, but I can go like, I, again, I can move out of the country that doesn't allow me to trade it and I can get the money from there and I can start trading it. And as long as Tesla posts a public, you know, as long as the, as long as the New York Stock Exchange posts the public price of Tesla, anyone in the world can build chain link oracles to get the How price many? of Tesla. And so that anyone in the world can create a Tesla coin and then anyone in the world can buy it. And anyone in the world can provide it for liquidity as collateral yeah. to take a loan out on Aave. I'm, I'm just like, I don't see how anyone in the old system is going to come in with their old ideas and regulate this. I just the only thing you can do is ruin your chance for your country to be a part of this revolution. And that, that I just I'm I'm yeah. Wait wait okay. This just this this is not an emotional thing. Like it's not the old system. It's the current system, right? These are just laws that exist right now. That's that's all we're talking about is enforcement. And the reason how we got here to having these laws or whatever is because we need public disclosure, transparency. And so if you have a, first of all, let's go back to just what you're just saying. And you said you could do all these, you listed maybe eight steps to be able to trade Tesla coin as opposed to Tesla stock and post this collateral and get paid on it or whatever. How many people do you think, if it is sort of banned in the United States, how many people do you think are going to be willing to take eight steps to trade a Tesla coin that behaves just like Tesla stock when they could buy Tesla stock. Do you see what I'm saying? Like how many people end users are going to be willing to take nine steps to trade Tesla as a coin that they could just do one step to trade Tesla as a stock? If they can make more money, I think, I, I mean, for me, I just think that that's what, what it really comes down to is not whether or not this can be regulated or these steps are too hard or whatever. It's that if they can make more money, they'll make more money doing this. And, and, who's, you know, who's they, the trader, the, whoever, whoever in the, in the world uh, realizes that this is something that exists and is an opportunity for them. Right. It's an opportunity to post collateral of it's synthetic collateral. It's right. For instance, like if you lived in, I don't know, some country that has very few, opportunities for you and you're able to install metamask and get to you know some and get a hold of cryptocurrency 
in some way, which, you know, there's, there's a website called local bitcoins and like, you can, you can literally go buy some Bitcoin from an ATM, whatever. Um, you're going to, you know, you're going to take some loss, but like, if you're, if you're being oppressed and you can't buy a Tesla, then this is a huge opportunity. I don't think that, you know, that this is something that, a market maker is going to be like, oh, uh, screw, you know, screw my market making license. Like, I'm going to go over to SushiSwap or whatever. Yeah. Uh, unless, just... unless they can make more money doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they're definitely in business to make money. But I mean, I know some of these guys who are market makers. They're, they're, they're nice guys. I mean, they're not like they don't sit around and they've had I've talked to them about this very issue and they're like, man, whatever. I mean, they're not, there's no, there's exactly zero. This is, this is the funny thing, I I guess, is that there's this perception in crypto world across DeFi, Maxi, whatever, that the existing and everybody calls it legacy and all this stuff. Like it's like, it's long gone or something like that. Um, It's the current thing. And uh, that there's some attempt by existing financial institutions to, quote unquote, shut this stuff down. That's not happening. That's not happening at all. Yeah, like, no, I, I think the, the fear is that the laws were written. No, you know, Could we just stay on that for just one second? Yeah. Would you agree that that is a perception in crypto world that there are? you know, Goldman Sachs feels threatened by this. So they're going to try to get rid of it or. Yeah, I think there's a, a huge uh, perception in the crypto world that uh, this that crypto is a threat to uh, existing financial institutions. Right. So but have you seen any financial institution lobbying Congress to get rid of it? Have you seen any financial institution uh, going the administrative law route, trying to file an administrative, private administrative action. No, uh, the, the only case. thing that's happened is uh, specific banks have, uh, uh, you know, in either widely to all of their customers or specific customers, um, you know, unwound AS8, ACH, uh, ACH transactions and said, hey, we saw that you were going to buy crypto with us and we're going to not let you do that. Right, but that's a pro- but that's not the same as trying to kill right. it. It's a it's well, just, it's yeah, and then I guess like not H- adopting it. HSBC or whatever, it's a, a pretty large bank. Uh, it's, a, it's a Hong Kong based bank, right? Yeah. Has said like you know that you can't even buy micro strategy or or whatever because of the the big. Oh queer. sure, yeah, you get. I mean, but that's that's up to a private bank. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I think there's a lot of people who who monetize this fear. In yeah. the form of hype and all this other kind of stuff. I'm just saying it's not happening. I talk to the people. I, I, have, I have friends who are in the no, market. Again, I mean, uh, you know, we we going down this whole long conversation. But the point that I'm making is that, like, in the end of the day, everybody wants to make money, right? So if it's better, if it's better for everyone to come along for the ride and make money, they're going to come along for the ride and make money. They're not going to um, push back. I think um, there is a you know, there is a big fear because of what the music, how the music industry um, first approached the internet and the huge uh, mistake that they made. 
um, and now you know streaming has, has essentially saved the music industry. So they were they were very hesitant to adopt the technology at first and push back on it through regu- through government regulation. So I think that's where the crypto industry is getting a lot of their fear from. Yeah, I can I can see that having lived through that and you know used Napster and all that kind of stuff. But the, the difference between uh, crypto industry at large, which is which is a large comment, right? You know, everybody. That's another thing. As I learn more and more about this, there's not one crypto, right? Um, I mean, there's people with DeFi philosophies. There's Bitcoin maxis. There's all these kind of different thoughts. But yeah, yeah. There's also. I mean, I think the world um, is still stuck in yeah that place that like there's just one crypto or whatever, and that every every crypto is a is a right. Bitcoin clone and Bitcoin yeah, yeah. right. It's 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 a, the wave of the first wave of of what have become to be known as shit coins, which is basically just like we're like the next Bitcoin. <laughs> That's all they had. Yeah, yeah. There was no use case. There was no right. use case. In 2017, it was basically just like we're the best. We're going to be the new Bitcoin, or we're going to fix Bitcoin, or whatever. And now, I mean, now we really are just like emerging into this. Like, you know, I, I mean, we've we've named. A, a bunch of different cryptos in our conversation that all are trying to generate a utility similar to uh, what's going on currently in, in the financial markets. Yeah. And I think, and I think they, 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 they will fit actually easily and be very well accommodated with regulation. I, I think it's actually going to be, if they, I think it's going to be okay. I think the, there's a, there's a small percent chance that they will enforce that $10 million OTC swap rule, or they will say, you know, you need to disclose more, which again, that just creates a little extra regulatory burden. There's zero, there's zero case in which this, you know, gets quote unquote outlawed or banned or whatever. That's not, Gary Gensler is not going to teach (laughs) a course, right? In MIT, where he's very positive he describes himself just like I learned that this is what I am too, a center max maxi. He's no, no. Maxi. And again, okay. So maybe you're misinterpreting me. The reason that yeah. I go, the reason that I keep going to like, what are you going to do? Ban it is you're like, well, they're not going to ban it. And so then I'm just like, well, what are you going to do? Like, I, I get like, okay, you could do something like, Hey, if you, you know, if you buy, this Bitcoin off of um, uh, Coinbase and you KYC with us, uh, then at the end of the year, we're going to do an audit on all your crypto wallets. And if you went and provided liquidity on SushiSwap, then we're going to, you know, uh, fine you or, you know, the IRS is going to charge you extra money or or you have to pay a tax maybe. Like, Like that's the only thing I could see is them being like, you have to pay a tax. I think it'd be civil fines because those two are not linked. Right. And so if if somebody's going to do that to me, then I'm sorry. There's not much this country has going for it. In my, like from my perspective, I will sit, you know, I'll sit back in some South American country and wait for uh, this policy storm to self-correct. I don't, I don't don't think it's a, again, I don't think it's a policy storm. I just think it's there. I, I think that, I think that, we're not even talking about the same thing. Well, do, can I? Well, can I? Can I tell you one thing? So, wh- one thing that you you maybe don't realize is that 
SushiSwap and Uniswap are self-governing entities. So uh, one thing I have not mentioned is if you hold the Uni token or if you hold the Sushi token, then you possess uh, the ability to change the protocol. So you can you're make... You're a shareholder. No, you're not, a sh- you're not just a shareholder. You, you literally... I mean... Yeah, I guess you're a shareholder because there's like shareholder meetings and people make. Yeah, no, when you buy a share yeah. company, you literally own part of the company. And if a company goes bankrupt and then has to liquidate its assets, you'll receive, if you're a bondholder first, but second equity holder, in theory, will get part of the proceeds of the liquidation. Yeah, so I guess like the, the difference is there is no, SushiSwap holds no assets. Like the um, all the token holders can do is govern the protocol, meaning they can uh, vote on changing, like making changes to the protocol itself. So, you know, if you could, you could vote on increasing the fees um, that people earn off of uh, each swap, or you could vote on the algorithm that, you know, does the automatic market making or something like that. Um, I Yeah, I know it's very similar to uh, stock, stock companies. But my point is that that, in my opinion, is the path towards regulation for the government, because um, the only way to like truly stop someone from like trading on SushiSwap would be to go into the SushiSwap, like get enough tokens and create a proposal that says um, you have to have $10 million in order to enter this LP. That would be the only truly way like true way to like make it actual actually happen on sushi swap. And so for me, that's like a bullish case. Cause it means that the government has to go buy sushi, the sushi token. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the case, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to get again. I think there's reason to be cautious around, uh, particularly with the swaps issue. There's just reason to be cautious in your, in your cryptocurrency exposure right now, as a Bitcoin center or center, but center maxi, center maxi, center maxi person, I am comfortable taking risk through my interactive brokers account in the form of CFTC regulated Bitcoin futures. That's where I, that's 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 where my comfort is so far. Um, when I'm able to go along Sushi Swap via interactive brokers later this summer, I will go along Sushi Swap. I will go along SushiSwap knowing that there's a risk to the coin if the government not comes up with a new regulatory scheme, but decides to, to use the existing law to enforce the swaps rule. That's it. That's my only point. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's all and, I got. And, That's all I got. That's and it. I think um, I do think that. You will you will see some regulation that's going to create a moment where interactive brokers is like, hey, um, now instead of you know you could use this traditional order book and place your your buy limit orders or whatever, or you could use this other product we have called Sushi Swap. You know, so I think that uh, it, it, you know before we see interactive brokers provide you with the ability to actually use sushi swap there's going to be some regulations i have no idea what they're going to look like i don't think that the government can regulate um, me as an individual user in any way in what i do with my cryptocurrency um once i do you do, do you think that they can regulate what you do with your regular money 
uh, I think they can regulate what I do with my regular money. Yeah. And that's why I, like, part, I think that's a big, a big thing about why, like all the maxis or whatever. Are so into crypto. Yeah. I, I, but I, the, reason, I the reason I think they can regulate what I do with my regular money is if I have cash, I can go and I can buy like whatever the fuck I want and no one does anything. But as soon as I have a digital dollar, um, the like then it becomes really hard for me to do what I want to do without the government just like um, put it, you know, stopping me wherever they want. And, and, you know, well, I mean, the government regulates how you spend your dollars. You can't go buy cocaine. Yeah, no, I mean, I literally can go buy cocaine because if me and someone else in the room decide that we want to enter a swap contract where I, I give them U.S. dollars for co for cocaine, uh, the U.S. government can declare that cocaine illegal. And, you know, as long as when I exit that room, I don't have any cocaine on me, uh, I've done nothing wrong because there's, you know, there's no um, way to regulate that. If you get caught buying cocaine with your dollars. Yeah, exactly. That, and, and so that's my point is just that if I'm a, a large cocaine dealer or whatever, uh, then I need to be really worried about uh, regulations of like cocaine. And if like this is how I make all my money, then, you know, I want to I want to move to a country that's more like cocaine friendly and not fighting a drug war. So um, while, while we were talking breaking on the Financial Times is the UK has ordered Binance to stop all regulated activities in Britain and impose stringent requirements in a stinging rebuke of one of the world's biggest cryptocurrency exchanges. So that's what happened while we're talking. And by the way, I'd just like to note on the NFT, the comments are currently 420, just, just FYI. <laughs> um, here's, here's where... Here's where, and I meant to bring this up earlier because it, it might have maybe clarified something. So note what they're saying there. And this is where, this is, this is what really kind of annoys me about some of the journalism surrounding um, cryptocurrency, right? So the UK's financial watchdog has ordered Binance to stop all regulated activities in Britain. Right. And just the UK's financial watchdog has ordered Binance to stop all regulated activities in Britain. It does not say the UK's financial watchdog has ordered Binance to stop all activities in Britain. There's a difference. Right. Yeah. And Binance's response, by the way, was we are aware of the recent reports about an FCA UK notice in relation to Binance Markets Limited. Binance Markets Limited is a separate legal entity. It does not offer any products or services via the Binance.com website. The Binance Group acquired BML May 2020 and has not yet launched its UK business or used its FCA regulatory permissions. For questions related to BML, blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah. And then they said, we take a collaborative approach in working with regulators and we take our compliance obligations very seriously. We're actively keeping abreast our of changing policies, rules, and then laws in the new space. Yeah, it is part of the FCA's action. So that's the uh, regulatory body in the UK. Um, they have ordered, I don't know, via what order, but they've ordered Binance to display by next Wednesday on this website that Binance Markets Limited is not permitted to undertake any regulated activity in the UK. 
Here again, regulated activity. This is what dovetails what I should have brought up earlier and I forgot to, and I'm sorry. Okay, so the current CFTC, um, head of the CFTC, which is the job that Gensler used to have, what he said in response, uh, the regulation article, the article I sent you last night, remember? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's, and it's based on, it's called Regulators Begin to Grapple with DeFi. And I just want to take this article apart for a second. Well, I also want to, I know we've gone a long time. And we'll have to take yeah, we can cut this up. It's, but it's okay. we'll, um, we'll do that. And then I'm going to talk to you about the DeFi Education Fund. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that mentions it here. But uh, so Uniswap um, and a couple other DeFi guys got on the phone with uh, uh, the CFTC and the SEC. Um, and it was uh, hosted by the International Organization of Securities Commissions, uh, people with knowledge said. And um, so they talked uh the current US CFTC, the U.S. CFTC Commissioner, Dan Berkovitz, has suggested in the past many DeFi apps could be illegal. And SEC Chair Gary Gensler has singled out the programs as raising a number of challenges for investigators and regulators. Note that Gensler's, this is, this is why I don't like a lot of the financial journalism. There's really nothing threatening about what Gary Gensler had to say. It says it just raises a number of challenges for investors and regulators. That's it. So, you know, um, now we've got first, this is where it's so funny because people are always, um, or it feels like to me that a lot of people, and let's call it the broader crypto community, are very sort of Goldman Sachs is going to try to shut us down. The government's going to try to shut us down. But they're very sort of not look the other way-ish or whatever, but they don't apply the same level of cynicism to someone like Lewis Cohen, who's quoted in this article. He's a partner at DLX Law, a cryptocurrency law firm. He said there's so much happening so quickly that regulators just cannot respond as a practical matter. Okay, Lewis Cohen, there is no cryptocurrency law. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of law you're practicing, but I don't know. He compared... The uh, boom. Yeah, it's, like, it's like yeah, a bird like, law from yeah, exactly. Philadelphia. Here, here's, here's a really inside rabbit hole. So rats caused a plague in medieval England and they had better representational standards in some cases than we do. And so people wanted to kill all the rats for causing the plague. And the rats were actually represented by a lawyer at their trial. Anyway. So yeah. he goes on to he goes on to say that DeFi is like is the the boom in DeFi uh, to a giant DDoS attack on global financial regulation. That is that is irresponsible language. That is dumb language, and that is hype beast language. It's not a giant DDoS attack. It's not an attack. And, and this is this is where. It's, I'm a, a maxi centrist or, or whatever. It's like, no, I mean, I mean, DDoS attack that that that's an overwhelming to the point that something crashes, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that's the it's so hyped and amped up and just out of control. Like that's why the coexistence thing. I don't understand why people don't make that argument. Like, just why couldn't 
because he's trying to get clients. And so he's going to say something really like hot and spicy and everything. So I don't know why those people don't get the same level of cynicism that, that people apply to the government. You know, I just, it's just so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. It's a very like us and them mentality thing. It is. is. It really is. And it doesn't, but my whole thing is, is the price of Bitcoin will be nothing but be better served by a coexistence mentality. You know, this us versus them thing is probably one of the biggest impediments for wider adoption of crypto because people hear people talking like that and they're like, just calm down. I, like, I, you know. I do also want to uh, just point out that like you were, you said the price of Bitcoin could be better served. Uh, and I think the reason, and then you said, um, because like the adoption of Bitcoin would grow or something. So I just want to, I just want to point out that Bitcoin is very much like regard, like, you know, people are like, oh, past performance doesn't prove um, future results or whatever. Bitcoin will go up in price if more people use it. That is, that is a fact. It is not an opinion. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some, I mean, it, no, the, it is a, it is a, um, limited asset, right? A finite asset, finite asset is the only finite asset that has ever been provably finite uh, in human existence. And so the more people that use it, the price has to increase. So the only way for the price to decrease is a volatility, which is just the people arguing, you know, within a certain range. Uh, and then the, uh, the other way is just people stop using it. People yeah, head, and we could also do a, we could also do a, a podcast about why um, the Bitcoin supply is guaranteed to be twenty one million, and that there's no other thing that has ever existed in human knowledge uh, that is fixed in such a way. Yeah. So, but back to this little thing, and then we're going to close it out. Um, this is the key part of the story. So, once again, you've got a um, the FT is the best publication that I know of in terms of delivering the news, but they still I kind of get the feeling that a lot of reporters who get assigned the crypto beat are like, this isn't going to last or I'm not very interested in this. And so they kind of get lazy. Um, and so uh, this is the key for it. This is the key thing to come out of this whole article. If it, it being any type of asset or whatever, were to be an unregulated direct competitor in the futures market, that would be problematic, said the CFTC commissioner. And I think that's what I was trying to drive home. So if you have crude oil futures, which are regulated, and then you have something that is exactly like crude oil futures that is unregulated, that's not going to happen. It's just not. Yeah, I just, I, again, it's like, if the crude oil futures are regulated and someone creates a chain link oracle that gets the price from the regulated futures and then people trade, you know, on SushiSwap based on the price of those regulated futures. I, I mean, to me, it's just like it, it sounds like they are regulated. Yeah, in some ways, that's, that, that's, that's an interesting, interesting point. But let's why do you think crude oil is regulated why do you think the futures are regulated oh because i think that crude oil itself like the you know the <laughs> the commodity uh is extremely useful and needed um you know to keep many economies functioning 
And so you don't want people to go in there and start messing with the price um, in a in a bad way. Yeah, you want you want no you, you want to try to control the amount of uh distort price distortions due to participant behavior right so again if i create a pool on sushi swap um and you can come in and buy crude oil futures and like why why would you ever buy my futures from me if there was a huge price disconnect in my pool um because the door you know the the regulation is still there on the actual futures contracts and so if all we're doing is quoting a price uh that's going to adjust based on those contracts you know, you can't actually go in and manipulate that price unless the people that are trading in the futures contracts, uh, you know, are giving you more clout. I mean, I guess, right. Isn't this like a sort of difference between ICE and CME? Yeah, no, that's a, a good, this, you, you make a great point. Uh, ICE, uh, just for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Intercontinental Exchange or something, uh, ICE offers the same WTI product that, uh, uh, CME Globex does, but the difference is, is ICE, all of ICE's stuff is uh, cash settled, whereas uh, uh, crude oil futures, WTI futures, right. and the like, are, right. they are, they are they're physically settled. And so, uh, but no, the reason, what I was trying to nail out is so no one can, can corner the market. There are position limits that you, you, that's why the reporting is necessary. That's why they regulated in the first place is because Prior to that regulation, you had guys like the Bass Brothers who went and cornered the market in silver and drove the price up from like five dollars to fifty, and they went back right back down to five dollars. But um, and regulate, hey, look, regulation doesn't always stop that. It literally did the same thing in twenty eleven. Silver went right up to fifty and right back down. Yeah, but I, I think I think that, that that it's important to remember that like the why why is anything regulated to begin with. And there are there there is a fork right, and there's a fork in the road among us maxis, and that again tend to be a centrist maxi, but there's a fork for um, extreme libertarians, and some of them have I think without doing a whole lot of research become big champions of the authoritarian leader of El Salvador. They have embraced Texas, which I think has a lot of problems with things like voter rights and civil rights and other things like that. So there's this sort of willingness to check out the rest of your life for Bitcoin that is troublesome, annoying, and it needs to be called out whenever it sort of takes place in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't be a good person. You can't, you know, want everyone to vote, but but then just embrace the governor of Texas, who literally signed a, a law making it so much harder for people to vote. Um, you can't divorce that and say, well, he's being very accommodating to Bitcoin mining. Like you have to stand for something. I mean, we're still humans like living in life in a world, right? Yeah. Oh, and- did you see the, the there's some spicy um, drama on Twitter because Pomp, uh, like I, I some some rich guy that like had bought a lot of Bitcoin a long time ago. I, I, I don't know his name. I should I, I, I'm not going to pull the tweet up. But anyways, Pomp basically said, oh, um, because he was like a corrupt person, he probably died with his Bitcoin and like no one knows um, where it is. So like this is a good thing for Bitcoin. And everyone was just like. Oh, Bitcoin Maxi cheering someone's death so that Bitcoin can go up. 
but that that doesn't seem like if if what you're saying is what he's saying that doesn't sound like what he's saying it's like it's more like it was a bad guy to begin with what no, I'm just, no yeah no he wasn't trying to say that my point is that like twitter exploded on him and being like oh really oh, yeah, why right. are you doing this you know it's just like yeah we right. can all see that he's just like yeah like literally he was a bad guy and he probably died with some bitcoin and the bitcoin's gone forever yeah no no that's that's fair that that that's that, that's exactly the point i'm trying to just get across is that um there's 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 nothing um that's cool enough about anything to disregard certain things and again you can have different political views wait wait no no no. this is actually kind of cool right think about that this is funny okay if if bitcoin it when okay if you can't launder money with bitcoin because like you know you sell a bunch of drugs into bitcoin and then there's no way for you to ever turn it back into like fiat currency or whatever because you'll get caught so then eventually you're just going to die with the Bitcoin and then, uh, so then Bitcoin's price will go up over time. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I just, I just, I just, again, I'm an adoptionist. So I'm like co-equal because again, you, you really, I mean, what are all, what is everybody hold, holding, holding for? Right. Right. They're, they're holding for a sort of, price where they can probably exchange it into US dollars. Now they're, gonna, they're not going to say that because they're holders, but that's really what sort of they're doing, right? That's the sort of, you know, the guy who comes on our podcast, Lucas, he just bought some stuff in his little little retail account. And he's never going to sell it. It's a it's a YOLO yeah. bet. Well, it's but even okay, term. I I think a lot of Bitcoiners would uh, respond to you and say, no, we're we're gonna wait till um, you know I can buy a house, I can buy a car, whatever. I don't need U.S. dollars. Um, but it doesn't matter because that's still gonna create a bubble, right? Because if if all the Bitcoiners are like waiting for the day they can all buy a house together, then the price of houses are gonna skyrocket in Bitcoin terms when that day comes. Or or the only time that that Bitcoin will be widely adopted is when it crashes in its volatility. I still think there is a, a, a barrier to uh, people's adoption because of the high price. And um, if Bitcoin were a stock, they would do reverse split. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that is, that is where... Um, is that I, possible, by the way? Again... I was just making this argument earlier. We could do a whole podcast about what, how I can tell you why it's not possible and uh, why there always will ever only be 21 million Bitcoin. And that's like, where, no. yeah, that's Sorry. where everyone gets lost and um, thinks that's just like, no, that's not possible. Like we could just do it. Like the price is too high. We should do a stock split, whatever. I mean that, you know, and, and uh, people sort of talk about like how Satoshi messed up um because what he should have done is he should have um instead of having 21 million bitcoin there should have been 21 billion which would have put the price at three thousand dollars there could have been uh 210 billion which put the price at 343 dollars there could have been two trillion which put the price at three dollars um my point is that um if he had done that we would have been less like oh my god i can't believe bitcoin's so high price right now right right yeah, no. It, it, However, yeah. when he made once he made that decision, or they, or she, whatever, or it, um, uh, because we don't know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. That's another interesting topic. Um, but once that decision was made, 
uh, we can talk about it in a different uh, point in time. Uh, that can that decision can never be unmade. Right. And that's the whole value of Bitcoin. I, I, yeah, yeah, right. And but, if but, you but on these DeFi coins, they could do that, right? Right. And, and in fact, right, with these DeFi coins, um, you know, so for instance, the okay, let's like go into it a little bit. They the decision could be unmade in Bitcoin. It's just extremely improbable. Um, but by the DeFi coins allowing them to have like direct government voting based on like how many tokens you own, um, that does create an opportunity to have the protocol change quickly. And that was a big ar- argument in 2017 why Bitcoin would fail and every, all the other coins would just like skyrocket is that um, Bitcoin is much more resistant to change than these other tokens are. Um, and again, why, which is why I like it, by the way. Yeah, which is what you want for a store of value is like a resistance to change and, and why we're in this moment right now of adoption where the price is fluctuating all over the place because no one knows what the, you know, what this thing's actually use, useful for. And so there's a huge argument over the price um, in the short term. But over the last 12 years, the number of people using Bitcoin has gone up. And uh, we don't need to talk about what they're using it for. The fact is that the number has gone up and it's growing um, in the same exponential rate that the Internet uh, was growing. And it's actually growing. Like, that's what people are like. Oh, Bitcoin's 12 years old. It had its moment and it didn't prove itself. It's growing faster than the Internet. There are more people using Bitcoin every other day than there are using the internet like it's it it is gaining adoption faster than the internet gained adoption yeah i just i I just feel like since we're the foot guns podcast and not the punk podcast that yeah yeah we would be remiss to to not point out that there is risk around DeFi, uh DeFi stuff being treated as swaps that again is two years if if they started today it would it would it would be heard by the Supreme Court in two years. So this is not even, uh, you know. But if no, but, I, I mean, but, but I do think there are some people who have a greater than two year time horizon, and I just wonder if you know. Again, I, my my net takeaway here was don't put seventy percent on Ave. Use Ave, do whatever you want, but don't put seventy percent on it. That's look, all I was trying to say. I, okay, I mean, we're talking about foot guns, right? I do think, you know, and we have this, we've, we've had a long conversation about the regulatory stuff. I think people are very interested in it. And I think that you and I having completely different takes on it is great because it's, it's going to allow. I don't, I, tell me what the difference in our takes were. Oh, well, I just think that you're coming at it from a, um, this is traditionally how, or, you know, at the current moment, this is how we regulate things. And I'm coming at it from a um, this technology is more new than uh, lawmakers understand and that it will be a challenge to them to regulate it. Like as yeah, they, far as they said that executing they, on the regulation. They, um, I mean, they literally yeah, said that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I guess like, I guess we're not, not no. too... Are, are you putting 70% on Aave? Uh, I have a lot of money on Aave. Okay, so, right. Actually, no, 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 but coin, the coin. 
Uh, well, okay. So yeah, back to the foot guns, because uh, I, I do think there's a risk here that you're not understanding. Um, you're saying don't buy Ave because... No, no, no. I'm saying don't don't have 70% yeah, yeah, weighted. Sorry. I, sorry, I'll change that. I'll make it more. All right. Don't don't put 70% of your of your money into the Aave token uh, because yes. of this regulatory risk. And what yes. I'm saying is don't put 70% of your money into Aave, the smart contract protocol, period, um, for a much larger risk, which is the unprovenness of the smart contracts. So, and again, I think this is a much larger risk than a regulatory risk which is what happens if the $16 billion on Aave is stolen by a hacker. So, so look. Okay, there, from, you got me there. Yeah, so from a risk-reward perspective. Would you also agree that the coin would go down if that happened? Uh, I think the coin would be just done. done, <laughs> right, done right. But, but right. like just, you know, some math points. Um, from a risk-reward perspective, Bitcoin has $640 tr- uh, billion in market cap. And has existed for like, you know, 12, 12 years. Ave has existed for, I think, a year or a little bit longer and has $16 billion in total value locked. So uh, there starts to become this risk reward opportunity for a young hacker that looks at Bitcoin and says, oh, that's undefeated. Why don't I spend my time um, attacking Ave? So again, um, if you want to like take a bunch of risk, Put put you know some small percentage into Ave, and the protocol is not hacked ten years from now. Uh, you can bet there's going to be a lot of money in it because it will have proven, oh, yeah. it will have hardened itself, right? It will have proven itself over time. And to- I I even believe the value will go up once it becomes under a regulatory scheme. That's yeah. what I think. I, that's what I think people are missing about this. It's like it's this this, this sort of emotional resistance to regulation. But I think if, if 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 you add a little bit of regulation to cryptocurrency, you get so much more adoption. Right, right. Again, I think regula- regulation, uh, and this was the conclusion that we came to, regulation more towards how does interactive brokers provide you with a pathway to SushiSwap, less than regulation of how does the government keep you from using SushiSwap at all. Yeah, and what what got us talking about regulation? Uh, by the way, we'll we'll go back and put this in the beginning. But but uh, was this two? <laughs> you sent me this great YouTube link of this couple that had clearly wandered off the uh, seminar room for. Um, they clearly wandered off the, for for husband and wife Remax agents. And had become crypto hypers, and it was just too funny to listen to them. I mean, they, it's not terrible advice, but one of the things that's really hilarious to me is that um, you know, when people say this is not financial advice, they think that gets them out of trouble because they're giving financial advice or something like that. I can't be like, I can't like shoot you in the head, being like, I'm not murdering you. <laughs> it either is or it isn't. <laughs> You know, the, the, the you know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's right. You know, I think like it's like you can't have a video of you being like, I didn't plan this, and then shooting someone, and then them being like, well, it wasn't a yeah, third, right. third degree murder because exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It either is or it isn't. I'm not sure why people do that. I think 
uh, are they afraid of being sued I, I or regulated? Or? As a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love to say it like right before I give the most like extreme advice I, you know, I come up with. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 because I, I have a series three and I can offer any kind of commentary on currencies to anyone I want to. Um, I don't know whether cryptocurrency falls within that, that, that regulation. I think there, that's another place where there will be regulation is around who can serve as an investment advisor, registered investment advisor over cryptocurrency. And who cannot? In other words, you should have to take a test on this stuff, right? Like, you should not be allowed to, um, you know, just same way people have to take a test to to be a financial advisor for stocks. Like, I think that this should be a part of all securities training. And uh, so, my net takeaway again, we'll we'll close this out. And, and that my net takeaway is there is some form of regulation coming. I hope it comes quickly. Because I believe that if if it falls under the swap category, right, and all that has to happen is Uni just reports to the government, and it's just released every Thursday what it's holding in its pool. If they do that, that's the regulation, and then people feel the same way. You know, most people don't trade futures, right? It's regulated, but most most people don't trade futures because they're scary, but it's definitely more people willing to trade futures if it's regulated. So a little bit of regulation, I think, I think if Bitcoin fell under some sort of chill regulation regime or whatever, it would be worth like half a million dollars. And I, I know you think you can get there without that, but I think that would be like a turbocharge moment. It wouldn't be a down, down, down draft. Yeah. Moment. And I, you know, I do, I, again, this is why I'm, I just like stopped trading Bitcoin after it fell and whatever. And I'm just like, I'm back to like the hodl or whatever. Like the reason the hodl or thing exists is, is exactly what you're talking about. Like if tomorrow the Biden administration like announced some, Oh, we're regulating Bitcoin and it was in a positive way. Like you're talking about, then you don't have time to go and <laughs> make a Coinbase account and send what, I mean, you, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, you might, you might catch part of the trade or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, that, that 50% drawdown that just happened starts to just feel like nothing, right? If something like that. Yeah, happens. absolutely. And we have, and there's a strong signal here again, these, the, the, they like to, these journalists like to put it out there. Like they're basically trying to scare this, draw clicks by scaring the shit out of people. Either it's, it's, I think it's for two audiences. One, scare the shit out of people who are into crypto. Number two, it's the CIA told you so crowd. There's a lot of those people out there who are just waiting for the moment where they can dunk on crypto people and be like, see, I told you so, the Ponzi scheme all along. I knew it. You know those people. They're terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, what did uh, what, what we were talking about? Like, you know, the people that you just uh, bet 100% against. Um, Peter Schiff. Yeah. Peter Schiff is. Peter Schiff, yeah. Histor- historic for calling the Bitcoin bottoms. So if you ever see, uh, like, you know, it's like worth a follow on Twitter, just so if you ever see a tweet from him that's like, Bitcoin is a flip will signal. Hit, he'll hit $500 next week. Like, it's just like, yo, flip signal this. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's not even right about the asset that he loves more than he's like proven, proven flip signal on multiple yeah. asset classes. Yeah, I mean, like, fucking buy gold at 2000. How did that work out for you? 
Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it went to two thousand. It went two thousand for a hot minute one time. Well, I think that we uh, covered this really well, and I think we did too. I yeah. don't think I at least I have not heard people take a mature and thoughtful approach to regulation anywhere at all on Twitter, on written publications, on news, whatever. There's been no, you know, calm and reasoned discussion about regulation. And, and even why it might be a good thing. And I just, I think there are, the, the people who I'd like to sort of slap are the people who are creating or adding, the, adding to this narrative that, Mark, traditional market makers are coming for crypto because they want to put it out of business. That's just not happening. Yeah. You know, it's no, just not. I, 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 you know, my personal experience with SushiSwap and Uniswap, um, my guess is traditional market makers are already here. If they are, you know, I've asked around, I've asked everybody I know from like, you know, people who trade leverage loans to actual market makers, their high frequency traders to everyone. I've, I've said, hey, you know, are you guys touching any of this stuff? And they're like, no. And I'm it's like, either, are you worried? And they're like, nope. Yeah. It's either that or they really have, have a strong competition because uh, just the behavior. I mean, you can just watch these wallets that are, um, uh, you know, managing these liquidity pools. Uh, and like, if it's not a, traditional market maker it's someone that knows what to do and has written a computer program to do it because no it, you're right you're you're right about that there, there's someone okay so i i clicked on a link that said the hedge fund does uh uh you know makes a lot of money uh during this this uh drawdown from 60k right and i had to click on the link because i was like okay what hedge fund's been out there you know high frequency trading this or whatever and it turns out it was something, some little shop you'd never heard of that manages $140 million. <laughs> you know, I mean, it right. wasn't like some, you know, big yeah. person or whatever. But it's still, it's still someone with enough money and enough experience to know um, how someone in the job would like approach the job. Yes, that's true. But and it's mimic, just mimic that behavior, essentially. Right. Absolutely. If it was somebody who was managing, you know, $2 billion, I would get my attention or something even, but even that's a small amount of money relative to the size of the market. Thanks for listening to the Foot Guns podcast. Tune in next week to hear our latest and greatest thoughts on the cryptocurrency market. In the meantime, follow House69K and Foot Guns Pod on Twitter.